You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Got a friend of mine who was talking about his team's festival. Really excited about it, too. Like, oh, Which team? Huh? Well, the Pirates. Oh, okay. My buddy Craig Toth out in Pittsburgh. Well, I, I kind of figure at this yeah. point the White Sox are the only team not <laughs> having a festival except for maybe the A's because they don't know where to have it. It could be anybody. And, and Craig is like all worried about Pirates Fest, like fans being angry at Pirates Fest, which, I mean, I get that. Their owner's cheap and and a uh, miserable miser. And he's, he's worse than Jerry Reinsdorf in terms of the amount of money that he spends. And they're, they're in a similar situation. And I found myself talking to him, and I felt like a lot of things that I was saying to him about, you know, why are things going the way they're going for the Pittsburgh Pirates in offseason was very similar to how I felt about the Chicago White Sox this offseason. There's a, there's a group of haves, and there's a group of have-nots in baseball, and where the White Sox should be a have. They should be. They should be an absolute. They have money. They're in a major market, and a smart businessman would have a team that could compete with all the other teams in major markets if he was any good at running a baseball team. If he had hired competent people in his front office, they would be a have and not a have-not. But unfortunately, they're a have-not in this scenario. And the scenario is when you look at pitching, and the idea that you see a Lucas Giolito, who I'm sorry, folks, I like Lucas. I wanted to re-sign Lucas last season. I was like, you know what? Sign Lucas to an extension and trade Dylan Cease. That was something that was floated on the show. I like Lucas Giolito, but Lucas Giolito is not a $20 million a year pitcher. And when you're going out and getting a Lucas Giolito to be your two, most likely your three in a five-man rotation at $20 million, There's going to be teams that are going to spend that kind of money, which means that their ace is going to be a $45 million a year pitcher. And then there's going to be teams like the White Sox and then the other have-nots who are going to have to develop pitching in their minor league system and hope that one or two of those prospects become the front-end starters and they're going to have to fill in on the back end because they can't afford the front-end, even the number three starters in some instances. Well, you're going to have to follow the Tampa Bay Rays model where a guy like Jeffrey Springs becomes the ace for a little while, even though he was a cast-off middle reliever, right? Or you you develop a Shane McClanahan, and then you hope that he stays healthy while you're under team control and, and hopes that you know the arbitration process doesn't turn him into something that's really untenable for them. But that's why... Guys like tra- you know uh, Glasnow get traded out of there. That's why Blake Snell gets traded out of there. Because at some point they become too expensive. And yeah, if the White Sox are going to act like have-nots and are not going to sign the Garrett Coles for $45 million a year, they're not going to have a rotation that is Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer together, you know, even at the end of their careers. You're going to have to live with scouting. You're going to have to live with trying to find guys and trying to spin gold out of nothing and spin gold out of straw sometimes, you know, really nothing and, and take flyers on guys like Chris Flexen, you know, who, who may not even be in the rotation. Like we could be sitting, no. we could be sitting at Cork and Carey at the park at 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark 
pregame, postgame, in-game, watching an actual White Sox game because like we're like, eh, I got down here. Do I want to buy a ticket for $4 in the in the secondary market or I just want to sit at the bar? And I probably will go into the stadium on the secondary market once things aren't going very well this season. But I'm hanging out at the cork and we'll be having you know, the conversation of what, what happened to Chris Flexen possibly like he may not even, he may not even make the rotation. We'll be sitting at that big, beautiful bar with all the different options that are there. If it's a Tuesday, the two for one burgers, you can get those right now. Go see Gino, get a two for one uh, award-winning burger and, and see more at corkandcarry.com, the official sponsors of socks in the basement. But we we're, I think we're going to be talking a lot about the guys that were possibilities for this rotation. When the year started, when the calendar year started, when the when it flipped to 2024, and who actually makes the starting five coming out, and who's the true starting five, let's say by the end of May, because I, let me let me list these guys here that we're going to see that we have right now as options. Because I'm really curious. I put this out on social media on some of the channels because I've been very curious what White Sox fans think is going to really happen in this rotation. Here are the starting pitchers that are all legitimate contenders to be in the rotation this season as of this moment as we're talking. Dylan Cease, because he hasn't been traded yet, we don't know if it's going to happen. Eric Fetty, Mike Soroka, Michael Kopech, Jesse Schultons, Chris Flexen, Davis Martin, Tukey's in there, Jared Schuster, uh, we got Tanner Banks, Garrett Crochet, Nick Nestrini, Jake Eater. I think that's all of them. There could be more. That's a lot of names, Ed. When you when you look at those names, first off, who do you think breaks camp is one of the starting five? Like, or who who are your starting five right now? Do you think Cease? I, I mean, if you if you don't think Cease is going to be in there, it's probably it's because you think he's going to get traded, right? I think Eric Fetty is the one guy I'm sure of. He's the one guy I'm sure of because they gave him the money to be a starting pitcher. He's not on a one year prove it deal. He's not somebody who could just be like cast aside if he has a bad spring. I think he's the only assured guy in there because Cease, it could get traded. And Chris Getz did even say that Michael Kopech looks really good in the bullpen at one point this offseason. So anything's possible with any of those other guys, I think, except for Fetty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fetty, frankly, I think Fetty's your opening day starter. (laughs) If you're going to play odds. Uh, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? If you're betting right now, I think you'd say it was him, right? If you're yeah, betting you, you right now, to. you're like, well, they're going to trade Cease, and Fetty's the opening day start. Now, somebody could come into spring training and go off, right? Oh, I, like I, Mike I, Soroka I, comes in the spring training. He's the Mike Soroka from three years ago. Well, everything's healed up. He feels good. He's in the best shape of his life. He'll be one of those guys we're going to hear is in the best, best shape, shape of his life. life. Oh, yeah. How many guys are going to be right. in the best shape of their life? Lots yeah. of guys are going to be in the best shape of their life coming up very, very Yohan soon. Yohan Moncada is always in the best shape best of his life come spring of and then blows life. an oblique just within weeks. Shot, probably, I can't wait. When Yohan Moncada walks in and we're going to hear something like, just shot another music video. Best shape of his life, right? He's been, taking, he's been taking dancing lessons to stay limber to make sure his legs work better, right? He's been, and then two days in, his back will tighten up and we won't see him until the end of spring training. Exactly. But, but anyway, I, I, back to the rotation, I think you're right. I think, it's, I think it's Fetty is the only guy that's guaranteed a spot right now. I think Soroka is probably a safe bet. I, w- I would say that he's a pretty safe bet, that they're at least going to trot him out there at the beginning. And even if he comes into spring and struggles, unless he's injured – I think they're going to give him a shot to start because you don't trade for the guy unless you plan on 
using him in the rotation. He's I got just some of the biggest upside of all the guys that you have right and, now. And the, exactly. Yeah. And, and he may not work out. He's not a guarantee by any any stretch no. of the imagination. But he does have the biggest he, he does have the biggest upside of all of those names. I think. Yeah, I'm not talking performance. Right. I'm talking. Well, walking into the season, is he going to be part of the rotation? I think Soroka has a, a very good shot at that. All right. So Fetty and Soroka for sure. Yeah, the rest of the guys, honestly, I it, it's it's a crapshoot because let's pretend that Cease let's te- let's pretend that Cease was traded, and whatever they acquire in the trade is not does not include a pitcher that's ready for that's, this. That's season. ready to start. Right okay, now. yeah. So let's let's take him off the list because otherwise he's the one and he's the opening day starter. So let's take him off the list. So because we'll have more fun. It gives you five names if you take Dylan Cease off of that list. Okay, you're saying Fetty and Soroka. I agree with you. They're definitely in the rotation as of right now. So as now long as they're healthy. Now, now, I mean, now you have to sit there and you have to say it. I think it becomes a battle. You know, you got Kopech, Schultons, Flexen, Martin, Toussaint, uh, Schuster, Banks, Crochet, Nostrini, and Eater. And honestly, I think Flexen gets probably the longest leash to try and make the rotation it's of that only group. one and a half million dollars like that's the thing like everybody's like oh he's definitely in the rotation he's making less than some of the relief pitchers he doesn't need to be in the rotation he doesn't need to be in the rotation but i think as a veteran if you bring a veteran in like that on a major league deal he's not on a minor league contract i think they give him every shot to make it that's what i'm saying is, is i think he's got maybe the longest leash because i think chris gets has seen enough of michael kopak to know what he is I think he's seen enough of Garrett Crochet to have an idea of what he could be. I think Davis Martin probably has a pretty good shot based on past history as long as, again, Is he going to be 100% ready? If he's healthy. That's right. an if he's healthy kind of a thing. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, you know, guys like Schultons and Banks, I think it's just going to be a question of who gets hot. And when you're talking about Nestrini and Eater and any of the minor league guys, I think you really, you know, what you're looking at there is, one, who did you project – and now this is where Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, I think, used to frustrate everybody because they would project and then just say it is so without actually watching the performance first or determining whether or not their projections were off. But did you project Nestrini to be in the majors in 2024? Did you pro- project Eater to be in the in the majors in 2024? Well, Eater's the guy. Eater's the guy that everybody's like. Well, he's he's. I think he's the more he's the higher pedigree type thing. Like people believe Absolutely. that he's going to be better. But after looking at last year and looking at where Nostrini is right now, I would give an edge between the two of those that if one of those names makes it into the rotation, I would think it's Nostrini. I think with Eater's history, with his injuries that that he's come off of, I would think that if Getz is looking at him as a player development guy, which is what you would assume he would do even as the GM, that he's going to give Eater more of a chance to get himself back to 100% in the minors and work stuff out there than try and work him out in the major leagues. If Nestrini is more ready to go, even if he is the lower pre- pedigree prospect, I, I think it's about it, it be at some point it becomes about readiness and not whether or not you're higher up on the pecking chart. And I think that's something that has to be adjusted to. His whole thing though comes from how he does in the spring as well. Like he's got to beat somebody of for course. a job. That's that's yeah. that's what he he's a well. There's a lot of guys here that got to beat somebody for a job. But he, Nestrini's in the rotation if Nestrini looks really good. If he doesn't look really good, he's back in the minors. They're not going to force him in because Getz is already showing that he's going to make you know sound decisions. Right? 
Like, I mean, that that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a sound decision from the person that is in charge of the, the front office. Just like you want a sound decision from your boss. If you're the boss, if you own a small company and you want to add insurance into your company or you want to better the insurance options for your employees, and that's why you reach out to Butch Zemar at Elite Benefits of America, okay? Uh, open enrollment is over. I get that. Butch worked his butt off on that. And, and I told him, I'm like, all right, so you're done? You, you, you don't really need me to talk about you anymore? He goes, no, no, no. It's a year-round thing. There are plenty of things that can be done. There are people that may have missed out on what they wanted to get done. Now is the time to just keep it going, all right? If you're considering insurance for the company or if you want to look into what you need to change, you will be surprised at how quickly the opportunity to make changes is going to come up. Whether you run the benefits program for your company, own it, if you buy insurance privately on your own, reach out to Butch at Elite Benefits of America. 708-535-3006 or visit EliteBenefits.net. So I would say, based upon where we're at right now, that I see an eater as not making this rotation out of those names. And I'm going to cross Martin off for at least out of the gate because coming off of Tommy John might not be 100% ready. Probably is pitching before the season is over in that rotation. I mean, I, I thought Davis Martin actually held himself pretty well overall in the time that he had in the rotation. He's a back-end starter. He's never going to be great. You're still trying to find those great guys up at the top of the rotation, like I pointed out at the beginning of this whole thing. But I would cross him off of it as well. Nestrini has to have a good camp. So the names that are still left to join Fetty and Soroka, and you think Flexen probably gets the most leash, Kopech, Schultens, Toussaint, Schuster, Tanner Banks, which I remember you threw out there last week as don't forget about Tanner Banks and Garrett Crochet, who really wants to be a starter and nobody in the position to make him a starter ever seems to agree with him. Well, Because you watch him pitch and you sit there and go, what about he looks like Matt Thornton when he pitches, right? And nobody ever confused Matt Thornton, if you remember him back in the day, as a guy you wanted to start because he threw fastballs, he threw sliders. And you can sit there and say, well, what about Chris Sale? And Sale at least had a funkier delivery. Sale had, you know, his stuff is is comical when it's on, and he had a changeup, and he he did have a third pitch. And I would say Chris Sale's a little bit more of a unicorn than than what Garrett Crochet is. Garrett Crochet is just a a dude who can throw hard, right? That's all he's ever really shown so far, you know. And okay, so if they stretch him out and they think that he's got a chance to work into the rotation, I think he's going to come into the same problem that Michael Kopech has shown, which is. Do you have enough variety in your arsenal? Do you have enough tricks up your sleeve besides I throw hard and have a good slider to get yourself past two times through the lineup? Because they can't afford to have five guys that can only go four to five innings each time. They're just not going to have enough right. You're You're already trying to force Michael Kopech into a starting role, and you're going to bring in a guy that's going to be behind where he is and doesn't have enough pitches and isn't going to go very deep in the games and probably looks good against a bad team and then gets blown up by a, by a decent team. You're already going to see that with one guy in the rotation if Kopech makes it. Do you really want to see that with Crochet? No, and, and I think with both of those guys, what you're looking at really is, I think you're looking at closer opportunities for both of them. If they're, you know, if they're not starting, I think you're going to look at those guys as your high leverage guys. And to your point about trying to find the great ones in the minors, look, if you're a solid organization it really you you don't pay 
free agents to come in and be your fourth and fifth starter, right? Those are the guys you bring up from the minors, and then you try and find your ace from the minors so that you can take advantage of having them on the cheap. It's the guys in the middle. It's your two, three that you end up paying in free agency because you need somebody that's sort of in there to fill in or to be a 1A or something like that. So that's, you know, when I, when I look at this, I'm sitting there going like, okay, to your point about Davis Martin, if Davis Martin ever tops out at, at the fourth or fifth starter, but he does it for a couple of years, during his control, you know, while he's under, you know, arbitration and while he's basically cheap, okay, then that's a win for the White Sox if he comports himself well enough to spend a few years in the rotation, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's what's been missing from this team forever because – what do they do? They, they, you know, Dylan Cease has to be a star. Michael Kopech has to be a star. Lucas Giolito has to be a star. Ronaldo Lopez has to be a star. But when Davis Martin comes up, it's like, ah, well, he ain't going to be nothing, so we don't really care about him. And I'm sitting there going, look, if this guy's your fourth starter for the next three years and he's okay and he comports himself well and can get through the lineup a couple times and he can eat innings, and if you have to start him in a short series – you're kind of okay with it. You give him the short leash. He's he's the John Garland of the group where you're sitting there going, maybe good, maybe bad. Don't really know. What's wrong with that? You know? And, and so I'm looking, what I'm looking for out of the rotation this year partially is, are there any of the guys that they run out there in 24 that are going to be your back end guys going into 25? So you were not spending next off season wondering about an Eric Fetty type or spending next off season you're worried that when Lucas Giolito opts out of his deal with the Red Sox that you're going to have to pay him $20 million to come in here and not be your one, two, or three. Well, and when I look at that list and, the, and these names that we're going through, like not a lot of these guys are in that category of you want them to be your ace. Like you just described it like you want to find your ace in your organization and your four and well, your five. I don't know that they right? have it right now. And yeah, exactly. Like your only guy that has the possibility of it is if you get the complete return of Mike Soroka, you're able to re-sign him, which may be a difficult thing, like to perfectly hit that, where it's like, hey, we've identified he's going to be great again, and we got to sign him real quick before he, he realizes it. Like, I don't know if you're going to pull that off. So, and so you're more looking at that guy at the bottom that we already said probably needs more seasoning and eater, right? You're probably, that's probably the guy that you're looking at, you're hoping that at some point gets there, or because I don't, I don't even think Eric Fetty's ever going to be at that level. Right. Like he's he's just a competent he's just a competent pitcher. But let's be honest, on a good team, somebody signing Eric Fetty at that contract uh, to be their four or their five. He's just going to be a, he's going to be a two on this team if Cease is there or, you know, it, who knows where he ends up when it's all said and done at the end of the season. So you don't have a lot of guys that are going to that right now. I feel like they're their top end, their top out is at the top of the rotation because I don't see Michael Kopech doing it. You keep hearing me sit there and say, I, I think he's probably better in the bullpen. I actually look at Jared Schuster, you picked up along with Soroka, and I say there's not very much of a difference when you look at his track record and Kopech's track record. Like, they might right. be different pitchers, but they have about the same amount of effectiveness. It's just that the Braves just didn't have time to continue to keep him in the rotation. Like, but Michael Kopech would have been sent up and down like Jared Schuster if he was in an organization like the Braves. Well, look what look what the Braves just did by trading for, for Chris Sale because they're sitting there going, we would rather take a, a, a flyer on Chris Sale's health and being 75% of what he was at his best with the White Sox and Red Sox than sit here and 
mess around with all of our young pitchers and hope one of them learns how to produce on a major league level in a pennant race. At least they know Chris Sale is a winner. Atlanta essentially said, you guys can have uh, Schuster and uh, Soroka, and we'll take a year of uh, Chris Sale. Yeah, for their rotation purposes, that's exactly what they did. They're they're operating on a different level than the White Sox. Yeah. Tinley Park has become a big brewery scene. Like a lot of them out there, they've had one that got new ownership and kind of upped their game. They got a new one out there. They got a few established ones. They got one on the other side of I-80 and Mokina. They've got a lot. The number one brewery in Tinley Park, and really the best one to go to, is the official brewery of Socks in the Basement, Hailstorm Brewing Company. In fact, if you like to go and explore breweries, you don't need to be in Tinley. It's worth the drive. Get out there. Scratch Kitchen, open 11 a.m. Tuesday through Sunday for lunch and beyond. A big, wide array of different ales and IPAs and all kinds of beers in this big German beer hall-style establishment that also has a tap room, the working brewer you can view. There's so much to do. They got pinball machines just lining the walls. They got games for the kids. Bring the family out. They can watch you drink beer. Once again, in Tinley Park, 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. See more at hailstormbrewing.com. So Cease, in this in this scenario, we have Cease that gets traded away, and we're assuming that, and, and we're looking at just the guys that are currently available. We've got Fetty and Soroka in the rotation. We've crossed off Eater. We've crossed off Crochet, I would say. We, we've, we've said Flexen's got a very strong chance. We've crossed off Martin probably to get in there in the, in the original thing. So who else is getting in there? I mean, like, I, I basically you're saying Kopech has to get in there at that point, even though no. it didn't seem like it didn't seem like his general manager was super it, like like backing him. He wasn't sitting there saying, well, you know, yeah, he's definitely a starter. Like you, you never you never really got from the front office. He looked really good in, in the bullpen until Chris Getz came along. And then the other thing is the dark horse. Can Tanner Banks become a rotation piece? Look, I, I, I honestly, I think what ends up happening is I think you see guys like Banks. I think you see Jesse Schulten's, you know, I, I equate Jesse Schulten's and, and Tanner Banks as being kind of the same guy. I know they're not, but kind of the same guy. And, and I lump them in with Tuki Toussaint. I don't like Toussaint. I don't like him either. I think Toussaint, I'm sorry. I know that some people enjoyed what he was doing last year, but you enjoyed it because everything else was so bad. Okay. Right. Tuki, Tuki puts too many guys on base. There's a reason why he was always back and forth between in the bullpen and being in the rotation on every team that he's ever been on. And he is the most fringe starter in the world. And if he breaks camp in your rotation, you had a bad camp. Well, and that, that there's my point, okay, is that I think Banks failing to make the rotation, Tanner Banks is probably making the bullpen. I think Schulten's failing to make the rotation. Schulten showed enough last year that he's probably making the bullpen. And... Toussaint, if he makes the rotation, is because he either came into camp in the best shape of his life or found something new, you know, that that you know changed his his mechanics or something that gives him better control and shows something that that he's a he's a starter or he's off the team. Like there's no in between. They're not gonna put him in the bullpen. They just he's not worth it at that point. But I really do think what's gonna end up happening is behind Fetty, behind Soroka, uh you know, again, if let's assume for a second that Flexen shows enough of what he was with the Mariners early on, 
and not what he was last year between the Mariners and Rockies where he couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark. Let's say that Flexen shows shows up as as the better version of himself. I think after those three guys, really what they're looking at is if they think that there's a youngster that is ready, a Nestrini that is ready, okay, he's going to get in because he's the future. Otherwise, they're going to run out Tanner Banks, Jesse Schultons, guys like that. These fringy guys. This is also horrible. Every time we, as we talk about this, I'm, I'm feeling sick to my stomach. They really need to sign somebody. Like well, we're they doing do. a whole show on a bunch of maybes and wannabes and hopefuls. And I, geez, look at this payroll. Sign somebody for crying out loud. Well, I, and that's that's part of it too, right? Is is that at some point, just sit here and say, let's find one guy in all of this. Whether it's you get back a guy who's major league ready for Dylan Cease, who's going to be part of the rotation for the foreseeable future for sure. Okay. Not in a one for one swap, not as, as, as a replacement ace of the staff even, but you're either looking to that. Okay. Cause that's the sure bet that's coming back. Or you got to sign at least one guy that you're going to sit there and say, this is a guy that's in the middle of our rotation. He might be at the front end of our rotation this year because eh, Eric Fetty, Mike Soroka, you know, we don't have anything there. But the reality is, is that you're looking to sign like your number two or three guy for the next few years when you think you are going to turn around and try and be competitive for real this time. Noah Syndergaard. What do you think? <laughs> uh, seven years ago? Absolutely. I mean, now, look, I mean, uh, look, Noah Syndergaard, uh, he still has that one thing that I love, a respectable whip. Oh, he does have a good way. He yeah. really does. He really does keep guys off base. And when you're playing defense and you got a guy who doesn't give up base hits and issue a ridiculous amount of walks, you you know, that that's a good thing. Look, he's got some kind of skewed metrics over the last couple of years. He, you know, he had a he had a weird 2023 between the Dodgers and and the and the Guardians. And it's really interesting too. His, his his time with the Dodgers, his whip is the highest that I can find in years. Okay, I mean it's a it's just a small sample size. It's only twelve games that he started, but it's a one point four four six. But his his walks per nine is at one point five. Then he gets his whip down below one point three zero, which I always say is an indication that the guy is a legit starting pitcher. You got your if you got your walks and hits per innings pitched below one point three. I will take you in my rotation. Automatically, you're in. If I were a general manager, if I saw a guy who had a whip of 1.3 or less, I'd be like, he's in the rotation. But he does this. I don't care. Put him in the rotation. Like that's that's how I feel. That's how I've that that's how I evaluate pitchers. I, it is like that magic number for me. I've always sat there and said, if the guy is consistently below it, I would go put him in there. And he did that. But he he walked guys at a rate of 2.7 walks per nine innings in his very small sample size of six games started. It's a weird year last year for him. If he could be healthy, he could be effective. I mean, he is a veteran pitcher that's going to be in his year 31 season. He is somebody that nobody's paying any attention to that they could probably sign for not a lot of money. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that when the chairs are are all gone, because that's how this is going to work in, in free agency with pitchers. You have... The, the haves just plucking the best toys. Imagine there's just a big pile of toys and the rich kids, they're coming in and taking the best toys. Okay. Poor kids sitting on the outside, right? We're looking at, we're looking at, at daddy Jerry 
And we're like, but you're rich, dad. And he's like, yeah, but you're not rich, son. Like, that's the kind of that's that's who Jerry is at the party. He's looking at us going, you're not rich. You got to wait till those other kids take the toys. I have money, but I'm not spending it on your toys. So we got to wait a little bit. Right. And then after they pick through it, after the music has stopped and there's still pitchers that are standing there and they didn't get either the one year prove it deal for the ridiculous amount of money like Frankie Montas. I mean, come on, 16 million dollars for a guy that you're not sure if he's even going to make it through the season. Like he's got one of those injuries that just turns into a different injury in another part of his arm or shoulder. Like that's that that's stupid risky money right there. Okay, and you, you're not going to spend that kind of money. So if it, when the one year prove it deals for the big money are gone, and the other guys have gone and gotten their their solid contracts for multiple years and gotten their options, there's going to be those leftover toys that might give you the kind of deal you're willing to get. Right. The, the two years with a club option at a price that you want to pay or the one year with the one with the one year club option, but it's at the price that you want to pay. That's where the Sox are going to jump in along with a lot of other teams. That's where they're going to slide in there and start signing guys. This is one of those guys that will probably be sitting there with the leftover toys. Yeah, I, there's a few of them that are out there that I, I think are still, like you said, on the island of misfit toys that you could see. He's an interesting name. Uh, another one that's kind of an interesting for sort of a middle to back end of the rotation guy is Dakota Hudson, who was cast off from the Cardinals. I looked at him. I did. I looked like I looked at him, and I thought the exact same thing that that's a guy that you could see them uh, be sorting through, right? Like one of those toys that's got three wheels but not four, but you're sure you've got a wheel that would fit on it, right? <laughs> right. You know, and and that's kind of what they're looking like, at, right? I uh, mean, Brian Bannister is sitting there going, "I got a wheel." That could go on that toy. Get that toy right there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have wheels for Eric Lauer? Do you have wheels for no, Brad Keller? I don't have you know? wheels for Eric Lauer. I don't. Nobody has wheels for those guys. I don't guys. have wheels. You know, that's the thing. Some of the guys that are out there are those guys that in our Dynasty Fantasy Baseball League, everybody picks up at some point and then watches a few starts and goes, yeah, this guy still sucks. And then they get rid of him. Yep. Right? Like that, yeah. The whole, the list is filled with guys that have been on every team in our league and nobody wants them. Right? Like, oh, you know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give Chase Anderson a shot. Yeah. And then he's not on your team. Right. Marcus Stroman is 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 a guy that's drafted highly and then no. Yeah. There's always somebody that grabs Brad Keller and says, Well, you know, he's young and I get to keep him for a few years because it's a dynasty league, right? And anybody under thirty I can just hold on to forever. That's how it is in our league. And, every and then he gets year, dropped. Somebody picks him up and then he goes from somebody who's sitting in their in their rotation to somebody who's sitting on their bench to somebody that's sitting in their minor league system to waived. And then two other people will pick him up and they'll wave him. Like that this whole list, I mean these are the guys that the Sox are gonna be picking from. They're gonna be picking from these guys. So you got to find you got it's all professional scouting at that point. I mean it's frustrating too. Again, they should be one of the teams that goes and spends money. There is absolutely no justification this year for not going out if you had a pitcher that you wanted to sign and that you had the money to sign and you can get them signed to a 3-year deal for the Sox not to go do it right damn now. All right? Because first of all, you got the guy for the next two years in 25 and 26 when you're going to be competitive. And secondly, you do need to sell some tickets. And until you sign something that's going to get the casual fan excited, nobody believes that you're going to be competitive in 24. Like you need you need to make a signing just for your own PR. So I'm I'm I am really surprised that we haven't seen them go and make that one signing for their pitching staff. You can move Dylan Cease and make a signing for a legitimate pitcher in your rotation. You should be doing that. 
you know, I think one of the problems is with this this particular class, other than the you know some of the imports, some of the guys from overseas, really this was not a class where you look at it and go, yeah, that's the guy that I definitely want to 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 build the next few years around because every single one of them comes with a huge question mark, and I think the best guy that was out there for investing in that over the next few years was probably Aaron Nola who gave the Phillies a hometown discount because he wants to retire as a Philly. So next year you're going to have another shot at Jack Flaherty, and it might be more expensive. Next year you're going to have another shot at Luis Severino. He might be more expensive. There's some guys that might be there going into the 25 season that are doing the prove-it deals now that maybe this time next year you're going to sit there and go, okay, I'm convinced that I should spend the money. The question is, was there any reason for you to go out and spend the money on them now and lock them in when you weren't necessarily sold that they're a sure thing? Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.